Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Play ball. Nothing personal phrase of the day. Yes. Play ball. This is the moment. Today is Wednesday, June 24th. Doesn't matter when you're listening to this, how you're listening. It's play ball. We're playing ball. Major League Baseball is back. Yes. Oh, my God. It's been the longest offseason ever. We started spring training. We were getting all excited, building up. All of a sudden, we get a few cases of coronavirus, and then it builds, and then it grows, and then it spreads, and then, oi, it stops. Three months ago, over three months ago, and we've had to go on nothing personal every day, forgetting the growing beard. We've had to say, we've got a deal. We've got no deal. We've got a fight. We've got a lot of fighting. Now we're making up. No, we're fighting again. Now we have a proposal. Now we have no proposal. Now the union's upset. Now the players are upset. Now the owners are upset. Now the commissioner should get fired. Now Tony Clark should get fired. We've got a rumor. It's starting. It's not starting. It's definitely about to start. We have a deal. No deal. Close to a deal. We're about to be on the verge of a deal. David, get ready. We're here at CBS Sports HQ. Get on your jacket. We have a deal. Get now. Now. We're breaking news just in. Oh, no deal. David, what's your opinion on exactly what's going on? We're going to want to hear from you. Same as my opinion from yesterday. There's no deal. There's going to be a deal. We'll have baseball. Can you write an article? How about that? What's your return to play plan? I'm telling you, it's going to be August 1st. You can't say that, David. You can't say August 1st. It's only May. What's going to happen to us at CBS Sports HQ? What are we going to talk about? We'll have plenty to talk about. Don't worry. What about football? Don't worry. We'll get to it. August 1st, we got to edit that. It's got to be July 4th. Everyone's saying July 4th. We've got a scoop. Exclusive sources say there'll be baseball by July 4th. David, what say you? I say August 1st. I've always said August 1st. Why are you saying August 1st? You're the only one saying August 1st. It's August 1st. It's not August 1st. It may be August 1st. Do you know today's already June 1st? I understand what today is. David? Are you sure you're okay? I mean, you've got Wilson. You've got a growing beard. You look like you've lost a little weight. I'm a little concerned about you. Don't be concerned. We're fine. Play ball. So I get a call yesterday as I'm watching a movie. We're going on CBS right now. We have a deal. Well, I just went on CBS Sports HQ and I told you it nothing personal. There's no deal. What kind of deal are you talking about? Maybe he'll implement a schedule. The commissioner, we know he gets the right to implement a schedule, but the players have to respond by 5 p.m. with whether or not they can report to spring training by July 1st, whether they will agree to the health and safety protocol. This 67-page document that I promised you would swell, swell, S-W-E, double hockey sticks, and swell it did. It's 4.50. Get your shirt on. Get ready. Play ball. Huh? There's nothing. 
We have a source. It's going to be right now. There's going to be an agreement. We have exclusively heard that there will be no agreement tonight. David, get ready. We have an agreement. We don't have an agreement. We should have an agreement. Get ready right now. It's June 23rd. Get on the camera. Is that the only light you have? It's so dark. Can you come closer to the camera? Can you step further away from the camera? Can you wear a darker shirt? Do you maybe have a lighter shirt with a, with a jacket? By the way, is Wilson supposed to be crooked? And what is that thing behind you? Is Babe Ruth smoking? These are some of the things that have been going on. But guess what happened? I think we're going to play ball. Spring training is due to start July 1st. Where? Not at any spring training facility. Those are closed. All right. Governor Cuomo of New York said, come on down. You're the next contestant on Bring Your Players to Our City. Yankees, spring training at Yankee Stadium. Mets, spring training at City Field. Marlins, spring training at Marlins Park. Red Sox, spring training at Fenway Park. Really? Hmm. Okay. So it looks like all the teams are going to have spring training in their home facilities starting on July 1st. How exactly is that going to happen? Well, the way it's going to happen is this. First, as you know, Testing. Why is testing so important and part of the protocol? Why have I been yelling testing at the top of my lungs? My COVID-free lungs? It's hard to get COVID when you're completely quarantined, isolated, and don't see anyone other than a volleyball ever. The answer is that with testing, you find out who's positive and then you can quarantine and isolate them. What's the exact plan that all these sports have? Well, we have some examples, don't we? Brooks Kepka withdrew from the tournament championship, Travelers Tournament Championship, the Tournament of Travelers Championship. It's a golf tournament this week because his caddy tested positive for COVID. You heard the Orlando Pride are not going to Utah to play women's soccer because they had people test positive. The Phillies have five or six players. Charlie Blackman of the Colorado Rockies just tested positive. What do you do when a player tests positive? Will the season go on? Will the season start? Will spring training go on? Here's how it's going to work. There are protocols in place that when a player tests positive, that player gets immediately isolated, and then that player has to have two successive negative tests within a period of 24 hours before that player can again attend any sort of workout. Meanwhile, anybody that player has been in contact with has to have even more rapid testing than the every other day saliva testing that is currently contemplated for the players. Maybe that means the deep nasal swab. That's right, the punishment for leaving the bubble in Orlando may become what's necessary for all players to take. But then how do you deal with the individual rules that different communities have? Florida right now, today, June 24th, a 15.9% positivity test. All of the coronavirus hoaxers are saying, who cares? Nobody's dying. Tell me the hospitalization rate. 
Okay, it's going up. 5,500 new cases, it's all because we're testing more people. Of course, we're going to have athletes who test positive because we're going to start testing. That is the single stupidest piece of logic I've ever heard someone use. Tests are going up because we're testing more. If we test less, maybe we can have fewer positive tests. And what's the big deal? If you're 25 years old and you're a big-time athlete and you test positive, you're fine. How do you deal with the fact that different communities will have different rules mandated by different governments? Just today, Governor Cuomo is announcing that anyone traveling to New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut from a state that has significant community spread has to quarantine for 14 days. This is in effect starting tonight, 12 hours and 12 minutes. That means all the Yankee players in Florida better get their tuchuses on a chartered plane right now and beat the 14-day quarantine. Unless, of course, Florida is considered a place without significant community spread. Are we going to need a list from the governor? Could you please tell us what the places are that have significant community spread? If I go to a party, I said this on CBS Sports HQ yesterday. People thought I was kidding. I wasn't. A friend of mine would not allow her daughter to go to a party in the Midwest. 35 kids went to this party. 18 of them tested positive seven days later. 18 out of 35. You know, maybe that doesn't count as significant community spread. Maybe that is simply significant party spread. Maybe there's significant bar spread. It used to be bar spread was like a nut bowl that I wouldn't touch because it's disgusting. But bar food, bar spread, that's how you spread germs. Maybe that's what we're going to say. We're going to say that significant community spread is when an entire community has COVID or it's spreading at a rate that's uncomfortable. Do you think that Governor Cuomo is going to take, keep track of every different pocket in Florida? Or is he going to say, hey, if you're from Florida, period? What happens if there's people who can't make it to New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut in time by midnight tonight? Do they get a waiver? Is New York going to be like Canada, where when you had to quarantine in Canada, you actually got checked by the government? They would call you on your cell phone and make sure that you were still home. If you got caught out during your 14-day quarantine, asymptomatic or not, you were fined an exorbitant amount of money. Get ready, Blue Jays. Unless, of course, you all want to play in Dunedin. Yeah, there may not be significant community spread in the clubhouse of Dunedin. Just right outside Dunedin. But nonetheless... We're playing ball. Everyone was so excited. I was excited too. I wasn't excited just because of the beard. I was excited because I want baseball. People have misunderstood from the beginning. I have been pragmatic and I have wanted to inform you what's happening with COVID-19. What is realistic about the cancellation of events? The New York Marathon got canceled today. I told you it was going to happen before it happened. We talked about the NCAA tournament being canceled. We've known every step of the way what was going to happen. What do I think is happening now? I think what's happening now is exactly what baseball should have done three weeks ago. There is an agreement in place between players and owners to play. This agreement still allows the player to file a grievance that the owners did not offer more games. This agreement calls for no expanded playoffs. 
This agreement calls for the universal designated hitter, meaning the National League pitchers will not hit. This agreement calls for regional scheduling, meaning you play people in your division for 40 out of the 60 games, and then the other 20 games, if there are full 60 played, will be played intra-league against your same division in the other league. AL East plays the NL East. AL Central, NL Central. Guess who the AL West plays? Yeah, you got it. The NL West. Do you realize what an advantage it is to be in the NL East? Do you know that if you look at who the Yankees have to play in the AL East, where those teams are, and then you look at where the teams are in the NL East, those teams never have to leave the Eastern time zone? How cool is that to have an entire season in one time zone? Those in the West Division don't have that opportunity because they're in, they play Central, they play Pacific, and they play Mountain. But on the East, it's just East. Another benefit of being on the East Coast. How's it going to work? Well, players are going to show up to spring training. They're going to be tested. Then they're going to be pitchers and catchers followed by position players. Somehow there's going to be an opportunity to spread out the workouts. Yankees are looking for another field to use. We normally would take six and a half fields for spring training. Now they've got to find more than one field, no matter how spread out the players are, unless you're going to have literally 24 hours a day of players showing up in different increments, which is not going to happen. My guess is you put your top 20 to 25 players in your big league stadium, and then you take the rest of your roster and you put them on another field, maybe a college field nearby. Team executives are dealing with this right now because July 1st is coming immediately. It's, it's a week from today, I think. Did I do the math right, Coca? I think July 1st is a Wednesday. What's it going to look like with all those rules? Pitchers have to carry their own balls, even if they want more than two. Any ball is put out of play if it's touched by more than two players. Hmm. I guess more than two means that every time a pitcher and a catcher touch the ball, that's okay. But then if there's any sort of foul ball that's picked up by another player or any sort of that the umpire touches, anything more, we haven't read a lot about the umpires protecting them. A lot of them are old. Many of them are not in perfect shape. Tons of new rules in 2020, not just about social distancing, not about how you can shower. I told you my wait to see is that the players would demand the right to shower, and they got it. It's not prohibited. It's not welcomed, but it's not prohibited. On the road, you're supposed to stay in your hotel. Good luck. As an executive, you have to put together your top 30 players to be on your team for the first two weeks of the season, which is due to start July 24th. Then you get rid of two players after two weeks and you can carry 28. Then after four weeks, you get rid of another two players. You're down to 26. Why is that? Because every person on your roster gets paid the major league minimum, prorated, of course. The owners don't want so many players around. The general managers need as many players as possible to be around. They are allowed to have a 60-man roster pool. 
That means that GMs right now are working with their team owners and their team presidents and furiously coming up with a list of 60 players. Holy shnikes. Our organization never had 60 players good enough to be on the major league team. We'd invite more than that to spring training, but half of them weren't going to make the team and we knew it. They were brought in just to have the ability for coverage during early spring training games because the stars of your team and the starters of your team are only playing one, two, or three innings, getting one or two at-bats for the first week or two of spring training. Not anymore. These players need at-bats. But wait a minute. Are they going to have spring training games? We don't know. There's a possibility of having intra-squad games for teams who are training near each other. Does that mean the Yankees and the Mets are going to play spring training games? Good luck. Maybe the Giants and the A's. Angels and Dodges. That'd be fun. Think the Marlins are going to take a three-hour bus ride to Tampa to play an exhibition game? Well, they will if Tampa takes a three-hour bus ride to Miami to play an exhibition game. What are the rules of those exhibition games? They're way different than the regular season rules. Players can come and go. Managers can stop an inning in the middle of an inning and just say the inning's over. As long as a pitcher is pitched actually 25 pitches, they can literally just stop the inning. I love it. No betting on spring training games, please. So you have the 60-man roster pool. You're signing a bunch of minor league free agents trying to figure out how much pitching you need, knowing that your starters are not going to be stretched for a season starting on July 24th with only three weeks of spring training. The quick math is that pitchers start with two innings, then they go to three, then four, then five, then six. By the way, that's already 25 days to get to six innings. The pitchers have 21 days except they only started two innings after two weeks of throwing bullpens. They're not going to get that. If I'm running a team, I do not let a starting pitcher who I have signed long-term pitch any more than three innings to start the season. If I have a starting pitcher who I'm going to lose at the end of this season to free agency or who's in the last year of his deal and I don't really, and I don't care what happens to him, I'm going to let him pitch seven innings to start the season. And this doesn't mean I want the guy to get hurt. Stop with the at David P. Sampson's. This is not anti-player. If the pitcher says, I'm tired, I'm hurt, I'm ineffective, of course we're going to pull him. We're not trying to lose a game. But if we think that we can stretch out that pitcher and let him pitch longer into a game, you're damn right I'm going to do it. If it's someone I'm not protecting. My job is not to protect the career of a player who's not going to play for me next year. That's your job as the player. That's your job as the agent. Call yourself out of the game. Raise the white, wet rag that will be in your pocket used because you're not allowed to lick your fingers to say you want out of the game. No problem. Not that I'm going to come to the mound and take you out of the game because I'm not allowed. The injured list used to be called the designated. No, what was it called? The, um, The DL, the disabled list. Now it's called the injured list. There's a 10-day injured list. There's also a 45-day injured list. It used to be a 60-day. You can't have a 60-day injured list. That's the entire season. Guess what? A 45-day injured list, for all intents and purposes, is the entire season as well. But there's a third list. The COVID positive test list. So if a player tests positive... 
So much for HIPAA. Hold on, I'm looking out my window as it's thrown out the window. Do you think we're going to hear from teams when they put Charlie Blackman on the COVID-19 positive test list? Well, if they think he's going to be out fewer than 10 days, you could put him on the paternity list, but what if his wife isn't pregnant? You could put him on the restricted list, but he's still going to want service time and he's going to want to get paid. Hmm. What are you going to do? Ah, you're going to throw hip out the window and put him on the COVID-19 positive test list. What about the trading deadline? Very exciting. We go to CBS Sports Q, HQ. We sit there for four hours. We'll do three nothing personal episodes. We've got rumors galore. Will Lindor be traded from the Indians? Will Chris Bryant be traded from the Cubs? Who are the buyers? Who are the sellers? Let's go. It's content magic. It's heaven. Guess what? You like that, Greg? Let's see if we can get that in the summary of the show today. That's what the trade deadline is going to be this year. Put your thumb in your mouth like this, which, by the way, you're not supposed to put your fingers in your mouth, but because, Wilson, do you have COVID? Huh? All right, here it is, right? That's the trade deadline. Why am I so negative about it? Because I'm an executive. Tell me, am I going to be out of the race on August 31st? That's the new trade deadline. The season starts on July 24th. August 31st, let's say you've played 30 of your games out of 60. Let's say you played 35 of your games. Let's say that you're 20 and 15 and one game out of the wild card. I'm in it. We can make the playoffs. If they were expanded, it would be even worse. Just go to my owner and say, hey, come on. It's another 30 games. That's it. We can bring in a $10 million player and only have to pay him 30 games, 30 days. This is a bargain. They only want a few players. No chance. You will not see good young players being traded during this trading deadline because the randomness of this season is too great. When you only have a 60-game season and you need your playoff roster set by September 15th, you're going to not give away young players in order to raise your payroll knowing that you have no way to get more revenue. It's not as though you're selling more tickets down the stretch drive because your team's in the race. It's not like I can argue to the owner, there's an incremental benefit to bringing in this player. And by the way, next year, I can't promise you there's going to be fans. I don't know where revenue is going to be. You really want to trade some of our young players for a one-year or two-year rental? Not going to happen. I'll still be on HQ and we'll still talk about it, nothing personal because we'll make it up. Sources tell me that Chris Bryan has five teams interested in him. We exclusively have information that there is a huge trade going on right now. Okay, stay tuned. What about opt-outs? Opt-outs are an issue. Why? Because what happens if players say they don't want to play? Well, it happened. The rule in Major League Baseball for this season is the follows. Is the follows? Damn it. The rule in Major League Baseball for the 2020 season regarding opt-outs is the following. If you are a player who has been deemed high risk, or if you live with someone, 
They call it the cohabitate. I love that. If you cohabitate with someone who's high risk or you have a pregnant spouse, that's Garrett Cole and Mike Trout, by the way, you may opt out and still get your salary and service time. If you're not high risk and you're grumpy and just don't want to play, you also can opt out, but you won't get paid and you won't get service time. There is going to be a rush of players having people move in with them so they could use the cohabitation rule in case they really want to opt out and not play. They want to make sure they're going to get paid and get their service time. Do I think it's a reasonable risk that a lot of players will take advantage of this? I actually don't. I think it's going to be worse in the NBA than it is in Major League Baseball. The NBA has a situation going on right now, as a matter of fact. Several players have come out and said, I'm opting out. I'm not going to the bubble. First, it started with Bertans. He's a wizard player. Said he's not going. Different reasons. All of them acceptable. The NBA said it doesn't matter your reason. All you have to do is let your team and let the league know, and you may opt out of the bubble. We don't know if Kyrie Irving's opted out or Dwight Howard. But we did get news out of the Lakers. Avery Bradley has opted out of the bubble. He has a son who he said is immunocompromised, has respiratory issues. J.R. Smith, there is no rumor. I did it again, Coca. Cut. Three, two, one. There is no truth to the rumor that J.R. Smith convinced Avery Bradley not to play, thinking that he would rejoin LeBron James and get to be in the bubble and maybe make up for what happened in Cleveland. It's a pretty big deal, Avery Bradley not going. Big deal that Bertans is not going. The Wizards are not in the playoff hunt, but they are in the bubble, which means they are in the playoff hunt, but they need quite a bit of help to get there. They're the only team outside of the top eight in the Eastern Conference showing up at the Orlando bubble. I have great respect for any player who wants to go, who doesn't want to go, who wants to play, who doesn't want to play. My position has always been as a negotiator, you don't want to play, that's fine, but you can't get paid for not playing. Why is it that a member of the Orlando Magic chose today as the day to call out Bertans of the Wizards. Evan Fournier, a French-born player for the Magic, got into it on Twitter with Bertans, questioning whether if this is what the NBA, the new NBA is like, questioning why he would make a decision like that. I was annoyed, and I'll tell you why. Evan, it's not your business. You want to call Davis and ask, have a conversation. You want to get together with your union and have a conversation about which players are opting out, which players aren't, be my guest. But explain to me why you had to do it publicly. Did you get more followers? Did you get more attention? Did you think that you would shame him into playing? Are you sure the bubble's going to work? I don't really have a perfect answer for this, except to say 
that for every sport coming back, NBA, NHL, MLB, within your union, you have to show complete respect for everybody's decision. From ownership to players, you have to show complete respect for every decision by every player. No matter what I may think privately about a player choosing to opt out, I will never be public facing about it. On nothing personal, I will be because I'm not an executive anymore. I will tell you when I think a player is opting out for the wrong reason. I don't view Bertans as doing that. I don't view Avery Bradley as doing that. There are legitimate concerns because the Orlando bubble is not a bubble and it's a greater bubble than exists with MLB. MLB is going to try to tell you that they have 30 separate bubbles. No, they don't. The players will try to say that we are taking the big risk. We are playing for the love of the game. No, they're not. The reality is the players will be the ones who will determine whether opening day will happen in MLB. Players will be the ones to determine whether the NBA finals will take place and LeBron has a chance to get another ring. It's not the executives. Front offices will make sure stadiums are cleaned. They will make sure that they will put all of the rules and regulations in place from these protocols. But if the players do not behave, there's nothing we can do. So when I'm asked whether it's on nothing personal, CBS Sports, or anywhere. Can you guarantee me that we're playing ball? If anybody is on your pod today, in your ear, on TV, on radio, anyone guaranteeing Major League Baseball in 2020 is lying to you. Anyone guaranteeing an NBA championship is lying to you. We have a chance for it now. That's all we could have ever asked for. Get done with the economic and the health bickering and put us in a position to play. That's where we are. Some sports have started. We've talked a little bit about PGA and players who including Kepka, who said he can't play because his caddy tested positive. R rumors of other positive tests on the tour. Well, NASCAR started. I lost a wait to see. They did like seven races in 11 days. I couldn't believe it. They continue to have races with no fans, but that is not by any stretch the biggest news coming out of NASCAR today. We spent a lot of time and I got a little bit of flack on social media privately, some of it publicly, with my stance on what happened in NASCAR. Bubba Wallace is a black driver. There was a noose found in his garage stall in Talladega, and I was angry. Word came out yesterday that the FBI will not press charges because that noose was actually a garage door pull rope and had been in that stall for months and months. 
all of a sudden, all the coronavirus hoaxers and all of the right wing white supremacists said, I told you so. This was a hoax. This was not a hoax. Bubba Wallace didn't make this up. For Bubba Wallace to go into his garage that he had never been into before and see this. Don't you think he knows what a garage door pull rope is? Wouldn't someone have come out and said that every single garage door pull rope and every single garage and every single track around the country looks exactly like a noose? Where's that announcement? Was it put there purposely for Bubba Wallace? I have no opinion. Is there a motivation by the FBI? And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But is there motivation to have this story stop in its tracks? Pun intended. There certainly is. Did they use photographic, photographic evidence to show that this rope had been in that garage stall longer than Bubba Wallace had his car in that stall for this year's Talladega? There is. Is there motivation by NASCAR who had gotten a lot of heat for banning the Confederate flag from many of its core fan base? Was there motivation for this story to go away? Yes, there was. But what does it actually mean? If you are one of those people who believes that Bubba Wallace was trying to draw attention to himself or people on Bubba Wallace's team were trying to draw attention to themselves by releasing this story about the noose, then you have no idea what it is like to ever be in the minority. You have no idea what it is like to ever be in a position where you are opening yourself up to violence, scorn, hatred, ridicule. This story is far from over. And the reason it's far from over has nothing to do with Bubba Wallace. It's that when you saw the drivers rally around Bubba Wallace, when they walked his car to the front of Talladega Raceway only a few days ago, the symbolism, the progress shown by NASCAR will not stop simply because of what the FBI found and of what many fans, racist fans, what they discovered and then their narrative was proven right. The reality is NASCAR will continue to move forward because they have a choice, they've made a choice, and they're not going to go back on their choice. There will be more updates on this story. No doubt about it. Coming up after the break, the show must go on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. 
But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. I'm still watching movies every day. I'm doing TV shows. I'm watching documentaries. The show must go on. One of my favorite songs by Queen. It was in Moulin Rouge. That's a movie. There's a documentary called The Show Must Go On, and it's Queen and Adam Lambert. There's a 80% chance I messed up his name. Is it Lampert or Lambert? Lambert. I actually don't know. Who is Adam Lambert? He is an American Idol runner-up. He is a person with an unbelievable voice. He is someone who's gotten a lot of attention for his sexuality, a lot of attention for his vitality, for his songs, his solo career. And now he has replaced the great Freddie Mercury as the lead singer of the band Queen. Queen, remember the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? If you haven't seen it, please do. Freddie Mercury, one of the most talented vocalists of one of the greatest rock bands of all time. We thought they were done touring. It was over when Freddie Mercury died. They brought on someone else. They did a few shows. It wasn't all that successful. And then that was it. Well, along came Adam Lambert. Why? How? Do you know that Queen played the American... Idol finale where Adam Lambert sang. That's how they met. He was a kid. They stayed in touch. Lo and behold, this movie is the story of how they connected and where they are now. The worldwide tour that Queen is on, although not anymore. It is a documentary well worth your time. If you're not a Queen fan, It's a great documentary. If you are a Queen fan, it is beyond. You will be singing and smiling and laughing and loving. If you're an Adam Lambert fan, who, by the way, I had never heard of. How awesome is that? I don't watch American Idol. I had never heard of him. You know what? He's awesome. Check it out. The show must go on. Queen plus Adam Lambert. How about a lawsuit? I love lawsuits. I actually never minded being sued. Never mind suing. 
There's one thing and one group of companies that I could do without in my life, and that is insurance companies. I am, you know what? I'm just going to admit this to you. It's nothing personal. I, I tell you everything that's in my mind, and I say it how it is. That's why you like nothing personal, and I do appreciate you for that. The problem with insurance companies is they demand payment of your premium and your deductible on time. If you don't pay, they stop coverage. And if you do pay and then you make a claim because you need them, they disappear and make you sue them. The amount of time, days and hours and dollars that I have spent suing insurance companies would knock your knickers off. You buy insurance to protect directors and officers when you're in a company. You buy insurance to protect your home for hurricanes or storm or water damage or mold damage. You buy insurance to protect your car. It's called car insurance. You buy insurance to protect your life. It's called life insurance. There's all types of insurance. Do you feel better when you have insurance? What about health insurance? Anybody struggling with any bills because of health insurance? Trying to figure out what's covered, what's not? What's my plan? Do I have to go to this doctor or that doctor? Wait a minute. I want this treatment because I'm dying. Nope. Can't get that. Wait a minute. I want to take this pill because I need it. Nope. You really don't need it. Yes, I do. God damn makes me furious. There's something called business interruption insurance. That is when you run a business and something happens and your business suffers from business interruptus. Business interruptus is not a very good thing. And it's something that a cold shower just won't be good enough to help. Minor league teams in baseball have suffered tremendous business interruptus because their business is goneness. Forget the fact there are no fantasies. There's no gameses. There's no playerses. Minor league teams are struggling greatly. They are in danger of going bankrupt. Their entire revenue comes from games. Major league teams aren't providing players the way they do. The minor league season is not happening the way it always did. Even if, as is rumored, the Nashville AAA team hosts a bunch of unsigned players and lets them play games, it's just not going to be the same in terms of revenue. So 15 minor league teams got together, and they are suing five insurance companies. It's a federal lawsuit. What are they fighting over? What are they suing for? Because guess what? Either the insurance companies have rejected their business interruption claims, or here's my favorite one. They're suing the insurance companies because of the potential rejection of the business interruption claims. Love it. I'm going to sue you preemptively because I know that you are not going to pay me on my business interruption policy. And I know my business interruption policy says that anything interrupted by a virus means that we're not going to pay, but we've got another cause of action against you. 
We believe that all of the state mandated rules on social gathering. We believe the slow federal government response time to coronavirus. That is what is causing our business interruption, not COVID-19, not the actual virus. They have to look around at other countries who responded better, faster, more efficiently. They had a community and a citizenry, citizenry, who followed the rules. And now fans are coming back in certain countries. Not here. We're getting worse. This is an interesting and fascinating lawsuit. The importance of this allegation that the minor league teams are making and why the insurance companies are going to fight it to the bitter end is that if they allow minor league teams to collect for business interruption caused by coronavirus, do you realize that those insurance companies will then be in jeopardy? Because the number of businesses that have been interrupted is all of them. Even the restaurant that you ordered takeout from had business interruption because they couldn't host people. Your retail store, your gas station had business interruption. Why? You weren't filling your car because you couldn't drive because you were quarantined. Farmers throwing away milk and produce. That's business interruption. There is no end to the liability that insurance companies could have if they're going to have to pay because of losses due to coronavirus. Somebody's going to have a problem here. Let's wait to see who it is. I got to make a correction. I can't believe, you know, I do corrections. So corrections are, I do the show. We do it 45 minutes in a row. We don't edit it. We don't change it. You get what I say. Koken is in my ear. He's typing things on the, on the computer. He's telling me what, when he's bored, when he's happy, when he's interested, when he's out buying groceries. I, that's it. I gave a line in yesterday's show from a movie called about last night. One of my favorite movies in that, There's a Belushi who says, at this point, he says to Rob Lowe, we do not know. I think I was talking about baseball or something. I think I said it was John Belushi who said it. How could I have said John Belushi? John Belushi, the Saturday Night Live guy. John Belushi, one of my favorite actors who is dead. It was Jim Belushi. When I say something wrong, just get into my Twitter at David P. Sampson. Tell me. I'll correct it on the air. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I was wrong. It's Jim Belushi. I got an update. It's day 101 of the ML Beard Challenge. I don't know why we're still counting. We are. We, we sent out the list of 100 charities. We are at day 101, Coca. That's just an update. I'm going to keep reminding you because you're so angry about your beard. Second update. Remember we talked about LeBron James and all of his workouts at the Bel Air Mansion? of the shoe magnate on the Staples Center floor. And I said, wow, that may be a breach. Well, we found out that guess what? Good old Tom Brady's been having workouts with his teammates also. Tom Brady wants to start with Tampa. And by starting with Tampa, he may actually be delaying his actual start with the Buccaneers. Tom, LeBron, stop violating the rules. Don't you realize it's all about business? It's nothing personal. 